podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the NUFC blogcast. We've got a special guest joining us in a minute, but first of all, hello Ollie, how are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. It's been a busy hour or so. Um, just before we started recording, we've just announced new sponsors and a new home kit. So yeah, it's all happening. Crikey, it's all happening. We'll touch on that and meet our guest after our intro on the NUFC blogcast. Our guest today needs no introduction to UK sports fans. His smooth, buttery voice is heard on the BBC Weekly, whether that is live from Augusta National commentating on the Masters or the Ryder Cup or some sort of golf thing, or live from even St. James's Park commentating on football. His Fantasy 606 podcast with Chris Sutton and Statman Dave is a favourite of mine. Hey, I've even been a guest on it. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome their national treasure, Ali Bruce. Oh, <laughs> hello, Ali. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. That's, I mean, buttery, national treasure. That's all nonsense and rubbish and extremely kind of you. Um, yeah, really well, Ed, really well. And um, first thing I would say, you know, uh, particularly on this medium, is that I've not been to St. James's Park enough this season. So I'm based down in the south. I live down in Salisbury, which means I don't get many Newcastle home games. So I end up listening to a lot of them, you know, when I'm driving around the country or the kitchen at home, and it's spine tingling. It's been spine tingling this season, a lot of the season. Uh, so I'm desperate to get back as soon as I can. But uh, no, I'm really well. I'm just back from Prague, actually, which was another spine-tingling footballing occasion, actually, uh, course, watching, yeah. watching West Ham win a European trophy. Yeah, crikey. And uh, David Moyes doing his dad dancing all over the place. Yeah, how, <laughs> how, I mean, how, how, how was that? What's, I mean, I just, it's such a world that you live in, Ali, going to these places. Mm. And I, I bet it's more mundane than it sounds because it sounds incredible. But how, how was the experience? Well, well, that that one wasn't actually, Ed. And I, I think actually sometimes you can be a bit guilty of taking these things for granted. And the absolute highlight of my job actually is the travel and the big events. So you, so you chuck that all into one, you know, a, a trip to Prague for a European final, West Ham's first European, well, first European final since 1976, the first major trophy since they won that FA Cup in 1980. It wasn't a great game of football. It was a pretty rubbish game of football. But actually, because of what it meant to both clubs, mm. it didn't really matter for the commentary that because the drama and the tension was there. It then finished in the way it did, you know, with a dramatic late winner. The scenes of celebration were, were incredible, really. Mm. Um, and and it, it does make you realise, you know, uh, what it means, exactly what it means to people like David Moyes and to the West Ham fans. And, you know, we'll probably talk about it with Newcastle getting themselves back into the Champions League. Were, were they to get to a, a footballing occasion like that? You know, you can only imagine what, what the support would be like there. Um, and I think particularly, Ed, you know, I'm one of those people who um, I just want English clubs, British clubs to do well in Europe. I have no skin in the game in terms of I don't want... I mean, actually, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Fiorentina. They're my Italian team. So oh, I, was really? slightly, I was slightly sad for them, but I love seeing English clubs doing well. So it was, it was, it was a great, great trip. Apart from the trip home, I got in the front door this morning at 4.45 a.m. Oh, uh, wow. we, were due, we were due to be on a, a 10 p.m. departure from Prague that got delayed by about three hours. Um, 
landed at Gatwick and then the passport machines were down. So we had an hour's queuing at Gatwick as well. So it was, it was a, so I drove home as the sun was coming up this morning. <laughs> Crikey. Well, I suppose this yeah. feeds into one of my questions I was going to ask, which we'll get onto Newcastle in a minute, but yeah, you know, apart from working with Chris Sutton, what are the bad parts of the job? I suppose uh, travel chaos. Yeah. That, I mean, yes, exactly. And I, you know, you hesitate to say there are any bad parts really. I, I think, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think every single job, whatever you do in life, does have its monotony, doesn't it? There are things that you do time and time again in any single job that actually become a bit tedious at times. And I would say that it's probably more actually the domestic football, the late night driving after a midweek game, you know, roads are shut, two and a half hours home suddenly becomes four hours home. Um, but, you know, that's, that's such a small grumble to be able to have. You know, everyone's job has those elements. Um there's not there's not really i did uh really. yeah i did message you when you were at augusta and i saw you know yeah. i just messaged you saying you've got the best job in the world i mean yeah the or, the masters and and yeah. football for me that's i mean the ashes as well but you know just amazing ollie do you want to yeah. um ali obviously touched on st james's park being a spine tingling place even even in listening to it over the radio do you want to just mm. kind of summarize for ali and for the listeners we know it but what it's been like at st james's park this season yeah i mean I think, to be honest, a lot of people have seen Newcastle as a bit of a sleeping giant during that Mike Ashley era where we were always just waiting for things to take off, things to get better. And it's just been incredible this past 18 months, really. it's Obviously, I've said to Ed many times, it's gone from one extreme to the other, from fighting relegation under an owner, which we we had no hope behind, and under a manager who really was was just trying to keep us in the league and, and Steve Bruce. So to go from that to, to this in such a short space of time has been pretty surreal, I think. Each milestone we've reached has been hard to process at each point, whether it's suddenly getting into the Champions League or signing players who we, we couldn't have dreamt of getting. So, yeah, the atmosphere, it's just when you're walking up to the stadium, when you're in the stands chatting with people, um, the the sort of elation when a goal goes in, the, the post-match scenes, it's all just, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, the, the, I mean, the reason we've got Ali on here is because we can talk about it. We're both Newcastle fans. Everyone who listens really is a Newcastle fan. Maybe we might get a bit of balance if we have someone yeah. who's not. Now I know Ali is a is an Ipswich Town fan. I um I've got a bit of an affinity. I think people who listen to the pod know uh, I had a season ticket Ipswich for five years when I was younger because they were my second club. I lived down in Ipswich or just next to Ipswich, and uh, I was I was very fortunate to have a season ticket for five years in the George Burley years where we finished fifth yeah. in the Premier League. And uh, so there's a lot of affinity between Ipswich and Newcastle, isn't there, Ali? Well, I mean, you know, Sir Bobby Robson is is the name that, that that immediately springs to mind. You know, if you go to Portman Road, his statue is there. Um, you know, re- revered by Ipswich fans and Newcastle fans in equal measure. You know, for for exactly the right reasons. I, I grew up Ed, um, so I lived in Cambridge as a young child. So Ipswich is sort of the biggest team nearby. Um, I'm actually hitting a, a milestone birthday later this year, so you can work out which one that was. If I let twenty first, you know <laughs> not quite. Uh, that that Ipswich team under Bobby Robson, late 70s, early 80s, you know, won the FA Cup in 78. I was a bit young for that, but that UEFA Cup winning team in 81, you know, really got got us excited. And as kids in that era at school, you were either a Liverpool fan because so many people got sucked towards Liverpool because of their amazing success, or you went somewhere else like Nottingham Forest, possibly, or Aston Villa or wherever. And Ipswich was just the obvious one to go for. And I, I, I love being an Ipswich fan because... You know, actually, as I grew up and then started going to football, Ipswich weren't as good as that. I never really watched them in the glory years on the field, but I've always followed them. They've always had a real soft spot in my heart. I very rarely get to see them nowadays, but they've had a fantastic season this year. Mm. First time in in almost two decades, actually, they've been involved at the right end of the table, playing brilliant football, 
back in the championship. It's it's so good to see. Um, so yeah, but but as you say, yeah, the, the the Bobby Robson link I think is is a lovely one to have between the two clubs. Yeah, it is obviously. So Bobby is. Uh up there with with the very best mm. of Newcastle uh, the heroes. Um, right, let's talk about Newcastle for a bit, right? So, 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 Ali, obviously, you're a sports commentator. I know you said you haven't been up to St. James's Park much this mm. season. You wish you'd gone more. I've been a few times, and it's been absolutely unbelievable. The job war flags do, for example, with the flags and the atmosphere is just incredible, incredible. Mm. Um, I suppose my question to you is, what, what has surprised you most about Newcastle this season? Surprised me most? Um... Obviously, the season has been incredible. It's been surprising. Yeah. No one thought we'd finish there. But has there been a, a facet of our team that surprised you? I, I think what's it's probably impressed me most, and I guess I guess surprise comes into it, is actually that there there hasn't really been a wobble. Like as Newcastle closed in on on top four, I just wondered whether, as you know, as the games got bigger and the pressure got greater whether there might just be a little bit of run and a little bit of uncertainty and, and, you know, but there just, there just wasn't. And and those games towards the end of the season, and I remember seeing your tweets ahead of going there, Ed, about how special the atmosphere was going to be. Mm. And sometimes I think those atmospheres can be intimidating for teams because they can intimidate and sort of, um, you know, they can cow you a little bit as much as, as much as they can inspire you, but it clearly inspired Newcastle. I think just the fact that they got the job done so it seemed to me from afar, I never had any doubt, like from, from quite a way out that they were going to finish in the top four, which mm. I'm sure as, as Newcastle fans, you know, they, they probably saw it very differently. But to me, it just felt like they're going to get there. They deserve to get there. And I think the job that, you know, Eddie Howe has done in his, in his time at the club is, is hugely impressive. I mean, I think he's got a really difficult job now. It's, you know, there's no rest, is there? It's a really difficult job now to, to try and take that on mm. and, and go again and improve. But um no, I've, I've just been hugely, hugely impressed. Yeah. And Ollie, I mean, we've spoken, haven't we, about a similar thing. I mean, the only blip we had really, unfortunately, this season was sort of six weeks around the cup final before and after. Mm. I, I wish the cup final had been either six weeks earlier or six weeks later. Yeah. What, what do you think, Ollie? What's, what's most impressed you? Well, yeah, just touching on what Ali said there, I think it's, it's very true that the fact we just didn't really have a wobble. And if there was a one or two week spell, it was, it was always just shut down a couple of weeks later. I mean, we had the... 2-0 defeat to Liverpool at home and then the cup final disappointment and then we lost at City, I think. And after that, I'm pretty sure we went on a run of five straight wins. Um, there was the 3-0 defeat at Villa, which was, to be honest, probably our heaviest defeat of the season in terms of just really being playing off the park. Villa but, were exceptional. But yeah, again, the, the next game back was a 6-1 over Spurs. I think we went to Everton and hammered them. So there was there was the odd moment where you, you start to wonder, I really hope this doesn't become a, a trend now and we start to we start to sort of the wheels come off, but they just, they just never did. did they? We, we, we always just found a way and, and kept going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ali question, and you can be totally honest with this one. Okay. Um, yeah. Newcastle fans like to, th- we like to think that our atmosphere is the best, like all fans, right? <laughs> we yeah. like to think, you know, if, if, if we're behind the team, the team are playing well, and there's that synergy, which we've got at the moment, our atmosphere is the best. Now, I know you said you haven't been to St. James's Park too much this season or, or, or yeah. recently because you live down south. But in your view, what, what grounds would you pick as the as the key places for an experience uh, of watching football? Yeah, I mean, St. James's Park undoubtedly is one of them, Ed. And for me, that is often about even just arriving in the city. So it's just the, it's not even being in the stadium doing the commentary. It's actually about the entire match day experience for me. So yeah. I would often come up on the train. So it's it's just it's just that cathedral sitting above 
literally in the city center it's amazing isn't it beautiful it's beautiful and you see it as you arrive and you know where you're going and you're drawn towards it and um and the buzz outside the stadium and the walk up to the ground and then obviously the atmosphere inside the stadium and as you say all the uh the tifo and the displays I'm, i'm trying to think what the last game i I did there was but there as a commentator they are brilliant I love those at the start of a game because Mm. you know on radio in particular you're always trying to paint those pictures and quite often we're in the same stadiums week in week out and you're trying to find something different to describe well those those are perfect and they really set the scene Mm. and and again they must be hugely inspiring to the players um so so you know one of the best I think Champions League nights there next season blimey I, I I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to get to do one of those games, but I really am going to put my hand up. The one the one that I've loved going back to this season, where we've not been for a long time for top flight football, is the city ground oh, yeah, Nottingham Forest. Mm, so yeah. Nottingham Forest, West Ham at the start of the season, their first home game I did, and I did the game that they beat Arsenal as well. And you know the similar vibe that, that they have got there and have done, you know, under Steve Cooper, you know, since they've really got it going is on that day they beat Arsenal and effectively, you know, almost handed Manchester City the title. I know, sorry, did hand Manchester City the title. That was that, wasn't it? Was, you know, that was a massively important game for them. And it felt like to me, and I know that's a two-club city. You've got Notts County there as well. It felt like to me the entire city was inside the football ground. You know, it felt felt much greater than the 30,000 people that were in there. And an incredible synergy between the city, the fans the manager, the players, it all seemed linked and it made it made the job just seem, from my point of view, much, much more difficult for Arsenal, an Arsenal team that was struggling at that point. And that's the vibe I now get at Newcastle, which hasn't been there for quite a long time, has yeah. it? I mean, it's, it's no. taken a long time for that to come back. But um, but I would almost compare the, the, the two experiences for, the, for that for that sort of feel. Brilliant. So Newcastle first, not 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 for a second. Fantastic. Yeah. Portman Road first. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, another question that that I particularly wanted to ask you, Ali, because uh, I'm interested, and and maybe you'll you'll know from personal experience, or maybe colleagues have spoken about it. Has the club become easier to deal with since the takeover from a media perspective, or would you not see that uh, in, as a commentator? No, you do. I mean, you do see that in our role because, you know, not only do we commentate, but we'll go down and do post-match interviews and the like. I mean, I think what I would say to that, Ed, is that I always felt in my visits there, you know, over the last, how long have I been doing the job? 20 years. So I've seen, you know, different regimes, different managers, whatever. It's always been hugely professional. There's never been an issue on that front. I just think it's an atmosphere thing that you just, you just walk in now. And like I say, you just get that feeling that there's, there's a smile around the place that there probably hadn't been for a while. And I'm not saying that, you know, during the more difficult years, we weren't getting welcomed by the club staff and the media team or whatever. But I think that, I think for everyone, the job just becomes easier when things are, when things are going well. But, but I think, I think it's always been a very professional from, from the media point of view, from my experience as well, I can't speak for everyone, but I've, I've always found it a very professional setup um, to deal with. I just think it's a, um, it's just, it's just more fun. It's just more fun going there. It now. certainly know, is know, more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I know they're not, you know, and there will be there will be dips next season, won't there? And there'll be tougher times. And let's see how they react and how the fans react and how the club reacts to that. But um, I don't know. I, I, I imagine it must be, you know, I can't, you know, you guys can tell me. It, it must be, it must be a, just a great time to be a Newcastle fan at the moment, having been through quite a lot of, of unhappy times recently. Yeah. Well, Ollie, Ollie has been editor of NUSC blog through for years, you know, and it hasn't been great. Ollie, what's the, what's the change in mood been like? 
Yeah, well, it, as you mentioned there, whether it's in the stands where fans are or say in the press area where journalists are, which I don't go regularly, but I've been a couple of times. And I guess for journalists, their sort of match report will centre around so much more positivity and there's there's just a different theme to games now. Um, in the past, it was in the car with my dad and brother was fearing, oh, I really hope Norwich don't win today, so we're not going to be back in the relegation zone. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's nerves and there's, it's it's not a nice feeling, whereas now it's kind of... There is some nerves when it came to the top four and like, can we win today to, to sort of stay ahead of Liverpool? But it's a different, it's a different feeling. It's uh, and let's face it, when you've when you felt on the brink of going back into the championship, I think those nerves of, of, of top four aren't quite the same because you know that if you miss out, well, you're still maybe getting fifth and there's there's still good times ahead. Whereas that that sort of fear of relegation was just a, a horrible, a horrible feeling. Brilliant. Let's take a break there and then we'll come back in a second. We're going to pause from speaking to Ali just for a second because, Ollie, some big news regarding our home kit and our sponsors. Yeah, so just this afternoon on Friday, the time of recording here, we've just announced that Seller, who are a, a pioneering a pioneering, sorry, destination and experiences organization based in Saudi Arabia, they've just become a what? our new Sorry, front... say that again. Pioneering destination yep. and experiences organization. That's, that's how Crazy. they're described. Okay. So they're big on tourism and all those right. sort of things. And anyway, they're our new front of shirt sponsors. Um, okay. Newcastle have just announced that. It's, apparently it's worth 25 million a year, which is I think 18 and a half million more than Fun 88 were. So they're, they're on the <laughs> front of the that's brand a, new that's a, that's a not bad increase, is it? I suppose we're in the Champions League. It does make sense. Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's all the rules now about it's got to be fair market value. And I was going to say, are we cooking, are we cooking the books a bit there, do you reckon? See, I think it's the opposite. I actually... Right. From from the numbers I've seen that Tottenham, Arsenal, Man City, all those guys get for their front of shirt deals, it's actually a pretty small number. So, okay. um, but anyway, they're our new sponsors, and they've released the new home kit as well, which looks like a little bit of a nod to some of the nineteen eighties kits, where they've got that black and white uh, V neck collar and uh, trim on the sleeves as well. So the kit looks really nice, and the the seller logo, as people will have seen online with the pictures, is it's black and white too. So that all works quite nicely because I think people used to think funny yeah, the luminous sort of blue was a little bit naff but uh, but yeah the kit looks really nice oh good and the we're still with Castore aren't we so or Castor are we is this the last year of that deal I think it is I'm not actually there's rumours isn't it that is. we might be going back to Adidas next season or something yeah or is that just the constant rumours because that's what we want <laughs> yeah I mean I suppose they'll always get mentioned won't they because I guess everything the club seemed to be doing now is to is to be boosting those commercial revenues which essentially didn't exist to any degree under Mike Ashley so so yeah I think Castor will be the next ones to go but in fairness if this is their last kit this is a really nice one so yeah good right well uh let's go back we just thought we'd increase include this in this pod because it's going to be old news on Monday so there you go have a go on nufcblog.co.uk to have a look at the kit and read there'll be an article on that uh, up there so do that and let's get back to our interview with Ali <laughs> Welcome back, uh, Ali. Just two or three, maybe quick, quick questions left to go, and then we're, you're, we're, you're obviously going to take on the FYI Man Challenge. Obviously, we can't yeah. let you. you well, I came on your podcast and I had to do yeah. uh, Sutton Death, and you, uh, I won. So I've set the you standard. You were given. You were given the biggest. I won. The biggest gift of all time, weren't you? Where I basically said to Statman Dave in the queue, "Don't say Fabian Share," which weirdly had the Newcastle connection as well. In the first answer he gave, oh, it was just a. 
and then he seemed to try and blame you for that fact but i'm very <laughs> exactly, glad but... that to be honest i had nothing left in the tank after my first answer yeah, so come on come on I, no, I, got Ed, I i love i love quizzes uh, yeah. i i absolutely love them in any form i'm not brilliant at them, but i do love them so i'm very happy to have a go good uh before we get to that a question what do you think from your point of view, you know, you have a wide view of football and all that sort of stuff. What do you think we should be expecting from Newcastle in the transfer market this summer? Is it going to be yeah. your Neymars and your Cristiano Ronaldo's on loan from Saudi Arabia or is it something else? What do you think? I Well, I'd imagine it. I mean, you can answer very quickly that for me first. I'd imagine that's not what you want, is it? No, <laughs> no exactly. And I don't think it will be that, will it, Ollie? I don't think it will. Um I, I've, again, that's another thing that's, I wouldn't say actually say surprised me, but impressed me again. I think the work that's been done so far has been really clever and really steady. I think it's really difficult now, though, Ed, because next season becomes more tricky because obviously Champions League football to come. So you certainly just need to enlarge the squad, but you don't want the quality to dip. You want to get in a position, don't you, where... Um, you know, just watching the games towards the end of the season where maybe Almiron wasn't starting as much, but he can come off the bench and Murphy was starting and playing well. But you want you as a manager, you want at least four or five to be able to chuck on where the level doesn't dip at all. Yeah. So 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 that's going to be tricky to do. Um, and I think just keeping the keeping the harmony, it seems so harmonious at the moment. It's bringing the right. You know, you always hear people talk about this, but I know Eddie Howe is strong on this. The right, as well as being brilliant footballers, the right personalities in so that that sort of harmony and that that blend and the whole, you know, sort of positive feeling amongst everyone. Because there is competition for places. Clearly, there's competition for places. Yeah. And that's a good thing. But it, it seems to be everyone sort of pointing in the same direction, realising it's a team effort and the whole Isak Wilson thing towards, you know, towards the end of the season with, you know, one or the other getting... Um, you know, starts and then substitute appearances, but both both helping each other enormously yeah. for the team effect. So I, I think it's going to be really tricky for them. But from what I've seen of the of the transfer work so far, you know, I, I think the I think the sort of um, the work done in researching the players and bringing the right ones in has been really good. So I would actually trust them to get that right again. I mean, in terms of specific names, we I you you I mean you you might know better than me. Chuck, chuck some chuck some names out there and, and who who you who you might like to see arrive. You tell yeah, me. yeah, I mean, yeah, me and Ollie have spoken about this. We've been linked with the, the players we've been linked with fit exactly what you've just said. It's not the big names; right. it's the players with something to prove. Kieran Tierney's been linked. He would be a yes. solid left back option. Injury record has sort of uh, worried us a bit, but it sounds like he's basically been fit all season. Just hasn't got in the Arsenal team. Ollie, who else have we been linked with? I know James Madison's been a big one. Um, mm. Obviously, just gone down with Leicester there, but again, he, he's a very good Premier League player. But he isn't he isn't a sort of um, world renowned superstar, is he? But he's again someone that you think would come in and be able to improve us. So, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree with what you said there about trying to get that balance right. Of it's it's not just I suppose fighting up back against the FFP restrictions, but also in doing that, making mm. sure that this this sort of tight knit group that we've got isn't suddenly torn apart because I think if we brought in even if we brought in a lot of good characters but a, a, sort of a lot of signings with that it would be difficult for those who've got us to this position like your yeah, Jacob Murphys and Longstaffs yeah. and Dan Burns to suddenly think oh well I've kind of helped you get here is, is this me is this me off now and I think um I think we'll be playing it steady not just to work within FFP but to also sort of keep that squad together and not not yeah. kind of lose what we've been all about I, th I think just on Madison in terms of personality he is one it strikes me that he's ready for a new challenge. And actually that stage at St. James's Park and Champions League football is perfect for him because I actually think he's one who plays better 
in the big games when when the pressure is on. Um, I could really see him. I could really see that working actually for yeah. Newcastle as a player. That's, I think that's exactly the kind of yeah. signing that, that that you know. That you it's want. people who want to step up to the next level, not come down. It's not. We don't want yeah. like to get you know the the people on Real Madrid's bench. You know, like, yeah. like you know, like and you know, we don't want that. We want people with no. stepping up, not stepping down. Yeah, absolutely. And a great, a great, you know, if you talk to Tottenham fans actually about the last few years, just looking at their managerial situation where you had, you know, Conte and Mourinho, who probably for them felt that Tottenham was a bit of a step down and they were doing Tottenham a favour. They've now got Ange Postacoglu, who I think will see that completely the other way. That's exactly what you're talking about from a player point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think that's exactly what Eddie Howe will want. Yeah. Um, you know, as you say, people who are ready to step up a level and take it on and show that they can show that they can handle it. And and then challenge the guys that have done it this season to say, are you good enough to keep me out of this out yeah. of this squad? Yeah, it's exciting times for sure. Yeah. Last question, yeah. Ali, before we mm. uh, go to FYI, man, um, and I embarrass you. Uh, <laughs> what do you think would constitute success for Newcastle next season? Ah, uh-huh. um, that's that's really hard because I actually, Ed, I would say. From a sort of uh, a fan, you know, with a with a real understanding of Newcastle, with a reasonable standpoint on it, I would almost go for the intangible. I'd want to see progress in inverted commas yeah. progress. Now, I think, I think finishing top four again is going to be really difficult. And I think if Newcastle don't get that next season, I don't necessarily think that will mean. There won't be progress because Liverpool will be better next season. Chelsea have got Pochettino in, haven't they? Manchester United, I think, will improve again under Eric Ten Hag. Who knows how Arsenal will go? That will be a really interesting one. So I, I think, you know, I'm, I'm never one who really likes to go by, right, you know, they finished top four this season, so they have to do that next season. Mm. Plus, they got to a cup final this season as well. So I think actually this season is going to be really difficult to match. 100%, yeah. But, but I... Yeah, it's, it's a really difficult one to answer that, Ed, because I do think it's an intangible. I just think you want to see the team improve. You want to see them be... You want to see... I would want to see Newcastle competing again for, for European football next season. Let's put it that way. Let's say top six, hopefully pushing top four. And I'd be really, really interested. I mean, it'd be, if they can get out of the Champions League group stages as well, I mean, it's difficult to say until we see the draw for that. Um, that, that, for me, would be another very good season for Newcastle. I don't know what you you tell me. Uh, well, Ollie. Yeah, I mean, I think we're ahead of schedule being in the top four. So there'll be some fans out there. I would say definitely the minority who will be like, "Oh, we've got top four this season. Let's let's try and get third next season." But really, like the fact we're ahead of schedule with that, the fact as you've mentioned, Man United will get better, Chelsea will no doubt invest again. You'll have Liverpool. They've already made a signing in McAllister. So there's going to be increased competition. You could also argue that some clubs might have worked us out a little bit more with this high intensity that maybe threw a few teams off uh, with the season just gone. So I think if we can if we can maintain a top four finish, which I think will be really tough, but with yeah. that also sort of battle on forefronts with the, the two domestic cups, the Champions League, and really compete in the Champions League. I mean, <laughs> who knows how far we'll get, but if we can get out of our group, I mean, and... Yeah, create some magic night at St James's Park. That would be, that would be what it was all, what it's all about, really, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think I yeah. agree. Sorry, go on, Ali. No, I was just going to say, I just think you want performance levels to maintain and improve. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean the results will be better than this season because other teams can also do the same. What what you don't want is a a big drop off, you know, a, a big dip in form. Or and I, I can't, I can't really, I can't really see that if they get this, if they get the signings right. I can't see a reason for that happening. 
So, um, you know, I, I think it's exciting, exciting time. Very exciting. I think for me, it's, I'd be very happy with top seven competing in the group stage. So not being embarrassed. And if we get through, we get through, who knows what group we're going to get, but competing and then another decent cup run. So just yeah. not folding like we used to. Yeah. We used to just yeah. fold in these cups, you know, actually competing. I'd be happy yeah. with that. And there will be some fans because there's stupid football fans from every, 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 uh, every club. There are some that are just deluded, right? There are mm. some that if we finish seventh, we'd be like, Eddie Howe's got to leave. No, we, you know, it's about, you know, if we manage to bring in four or five good players that we increase our squad, we get a good cup run, we compete in the Champions League, and we finish top six, seven, I'd be happy. Mm. But I think I'm mm. probably more maybe realistic than some. I don't know. <laughs> I <think laughs> Email us if you what you think. Nufcpodcast mm. at gmail.com. I know there's some um, people who think that Howe's almost created a rod for his own back, finishing fourth in his first year. And I know that sounds a bit bizarre. Yeah, what an idiot. What an idiot. Book. What's he done that for? But you will get people who, if they're listening to this now, think, wow, what, five or fifth or sixth next season would be would be solid. They'd be thinking, no, it wouldn't because we're not in Champions League anymore. And Bruno wants to play Champions League and Isaac wants to play Champions League. But as I've said, we're, we're ahead of schedule. So it's 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 obviously great that we've we're, we're fast-tracked this and we've got to the Champions League. But even in terms of what we're spending, I'm not expecting us to spend like a club who are competing with a Liverpool or a Man City or an Arsenal at the top. So yeah, it's it's going to be tough, but at least we can just enjoy things now. That's That's the beauty of this. It's not a... We're not really looking over our shoulders like we used to. So yeah, and I think I think you'd also hope as well, wouldn't you, Ollie? Because this this, you know, this is such a new beginning for Newcastle, and we're right at the start of the uh, the project. That the names you mentioned there, like Isak and and Gimaraish, I think it's absolutely brilliant that they've got a season of Champions League football. Mm. So already this summer, we're not talking about well, they might need to move on, and Newcastle yeah. need to replace them. But I think the key thing in that work in identifying signings is that possibly, you know eventually there there might come a time where these guys will want to go somewhere else and move on and they're going to have to try and find players of you know um equivalent quality to replace them but at least it doesn't seem like that's going to be a worry this summer you're looking to yeah. add and probably not sell whereas i think maybe next summer it might be a little bit different there might be a bit more sort of going in but going out as well possibly yeah, and we've got agree. FFP to balance with. We've brought Dan yeah. Ashworth in from Brighton, who yeah. only we only hear good things. And this is the idea, isn't it, to to kind of get the gems from Europe and bring them in. Mm. And signings like Bruno, I mean, how what a signing Bruno Gamarris for thirty six million or whatever it was. Jeez, oh, I watch him. I I honestly I've said this a few times, but I, I I think it's true. I think he's the most talented all round footballer I've ever seen play for Newcastle United in my lifetime. Mm. Now, there's not many wow. people go. Hang on, what would you? Shearer, well, yeah, obviously Shearer. I mean, Shearer was a goal scorer. Maybe you just remove Shearer. But other than that, he's better than Kabai. He's better than, I mean, I didn't see Beardsley. I was too, too sort of, too sort of young for that. Shinola, well, Shinola only ever scored seven goals for us in yeah. total. You know, he looked good, and he was on L'Oreal adverts, and he was obviously very good. But his best season was at Tottenham and came PFA Player of the Year that year. Um, I'm not sure who else. He's, he's just mm. amazing. Anyway, we, we haven't got time to get into that. So um, sorry about that. We're going to go to FYI, man. Okay. So this is big, big time. You're our first guest um, contributor in FYI, man. Usually it's I take on Ollie. Ollie takes on me. Ollie's oh, much right. better than me at this. But if you don't know everyone, the rules are I'm going to list some clubs. Uh, they may not be all the clubs the player has played for. They will not be in order. Well, they may not be in order. You've got to name who the player is. Are you ready? Are you ready, Ali? I am. I am. Okay. The music in post-edit will go down now. There we go. Oh, it's adds a lot of atmosphere. That's beautiful. Uh, okay, here we go. Colchester United. 
Birmingham City. Crystal Palace. Ooh, I've got an idea. Already? Crikey. Can I go early or not? No, let's not. Let's not. Uh, okay, well, don't go early, because other people no. at home will be playing. Okay. This might, might, might seal it for you, I don't know. Charlton Athletic. Ipswich Town. Oh. Newcastle United. <laughs> oh. 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 So, uh, for, for the listeners, as you think, Ali, I'll just read them again. Yeah. Oh, Colchester United. Oh, hang on. Birmingham City. Crystal Palace. Charlton Athletic. Ipswich Town. Newcastle United. Ollie, have you got any ideas? Don't tell us. Yeah, I've got, I have got one idea. I won't say yeah. it. Ollie, yeah. Ollie's, Ollie's a genius at this, though. Yes. Yeah. This is, the, uh, do you know what, I've, I've heard various versions of this game played and I always try and play along and I, I've got to say this is not my strong suit but I I think you might I mean, you might have been quite kind there by, by sticking an Ipswich player in there um, I you know when you said the first three and I'm really glad I didn't jump in early and he might have played for these three I don't know I was going to go for Neil Dans but I'm not going to go for Neil Dans now Okay. I'm going to go for Darren Ambrose ooh Correct. Correct. Well done. Very well done. good. I yeah, I think I you've thought, been quite I kind think, to do that. You know, he's a guest. I don't want to embarrass yeah, yeah. him. I'll pick yeah. an Ipswich Town and Newcastle player. And I yeah, thought yeah. Kieran Dyer is a bit too obvious. Titus Bramble's a bit too obvious. I'll go Darren Ambrose. Yeah. Who, yeah. Uh, nice. Bobby You're Robson. very kind, Ed. Bobby You're Robson very kind. We let you win on our quiz. You've let me win on yours. <laughs> exactly. Slightly less. You, I feel like you did a bit more... Had, you, you earned your win. I didn't really... Uh, I won on the technicality. Uh, we'll get you back, Ed. We'll get you back for a rematch. We'll that would be back. great. Uh, yeah, thank yeah, you yeah. very, very much, Ali, for coming on and giving us a bit of balance. It's been an absolute pleasure. There's far bigger podcasts that would love you on, but you've come on our humble little show, so thank you. Um, everyone, if you'd like the show, please say so with a link on Twitter. Five star, subscribe, follow us, contribute, email. Any questions you've got, nufcblogcast at gmail.com. You can sign up for our newsletter below. Say goodbye, Ollie. See you later. Cheers, Ali. Say goodbye, Ali. Cheerio. Thanks very much for having me. Thank you very much. Podcast Network.